Episode 10 of The Source with Cindy and Daz looking at all the weird and wacky wonderful things around this wonderful wacky weird world we live in right now. Now if you're into vampire slaying, have I got something for you? Oh okay, well I'm going to say fart a lot this episode because Burger King have put their cows on a special diet because they're too stinky. All that and a whole heap more thanks to Byron Bay Peanut Butter. The weird and wacky week that was. This is The Source with Cindy and Daz, thanks to Byron Bay Peanut Butter. new phone a couple of weeks ago. You've been telling everybody about it. I know, because it's super cool. Kind of got me thinking a little bit how hygienic are phones. Mm. Is that a question for you, or am I going to elaborate on that? Well, I think you should elaborate, because I've got a feeling phones aren't the cleanest thing that you have on your possession. Well, it's probably true. It's not my point, though. I want to talk to you about Americans this Mm. morning that have been... Put under a survey about toilet texting. We've only got like half an hour for the podcast. <laughs> I know. Are you going to get it all in? I hope so because Generation Z or Generation Z. Z if you don't mind. If you live in the States. They've grown up in the internet age and 66.7% of the world's population have smartphones now. So 66.7%. That's a lot of people with a smartphone. It's a low number. But then I guess if you look at third world countries that don't mm-hmm. have phones, so I guess that pulls the percentage down a little bit. Well, that's probably true. Smartphone manufacturers are being criticised for the addictive nature of their devices. Everywhere you look, someone's texting or tweeting or talking Mm. on a mobile. What are you doing? I'm just checking my text right now. Are you? (laughs) But what about what you can't see? Are you guilty of taking your phone to the toilet? Never, ever, ever. Haven't you? I don't do that. Are you serious? I've got other things to concentrate on. I don't want to be distracted. Well, one of my kids texted me while I'm sort of in the middle of something. Are you actually serious? You've I'm never taken hundred and nine percent serious, mate. Uh-huh. I take my phone to the toilet. I every know time. you do. You take photos from there. <laughs> well, funny you should say that. Bank My Soul survey set out to uh, figure out what's going on in toilet uses, uh, combined with confessions of the extent we go to to stay connected. Right. Further to previous studies, we've set out to uncover data that would highlight the bathroom cell phone use trends between gen generation, and even the device operating system. Right. right. Okay, I'm with you. So here's some stats for you, uh, some of their findings. Three in four Americans. Now, I don't think – I'm just going to put this aside because this is obviously an American story – but I don't think that we would be much different from these guys. Correct. I think it would be universal. Mm. Three in four Americans admit to using their phone whilst on the toilet. So Mm. that would be me, but not you. That's so weird. Well, I'm in the 25 percenters. Okay, 80% of men surveyed admitted to using their phone on the toilet compared with 69% of women. Well, I find that hard to believe. Do you? I think the girls are doing it on the loo more than the guys, but that's this is America. I was wondering if it's women that just go to the loo to get away from their kids as well. Mm. They and find the guys you. get on there to get away from their wives. Interesting. Six, uh, 96% of Americans under 23 will not go to the bathroom without their phone. I'll just say that again, 96%. What are you going to possibly miss out on for the few minutes that you're sitting down on the throne? What, you... what do you think you're going to miss out on? What's breaking news that can't wait for three or four or five minutes? Someone might have tweeted while you were like 
twiddling okay. or something. Uh, twiddling? I don't know. I couldn't think of another word. 90% of millennials confess to being toilet texters by using their phone on the toilet. So 90% are texting. Mm. I've done that. Mm. No, I know. I'm we, not all, a, we all know. <laughs> <laughs> and people will be watching you from now on. 88% of Android users use their device on the toilet, and that's 12 more percent than iOS. And um, California and New York have the highest popular popularity of toilet texting. Okay. So Georgia and Georgia, California and New York. What are these guys doing differently that the others aren't? It's all quick pace. All right. I want to throw some bizarre smart, uh, smartphone usages at you. Okay. 78.5% of Americans under 23 reveal that apps are fundamental for toilet time. So apps could be anything. I mean, we're using apps yeah. for everything. 54% over uh, over half of Americans, so 54%, yeah, uh, admit that social media apps are the most used on the toilet. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me too because yep. you can just flick through your Insta while Status you're sitting update. there. Absolutely. 40.5% of Americans have set the toilet mood with some smartphone music. What do you need mood for? <laughs> like, oops, I did it again or something. I don't know. That's the first song that popped into my head. Well, what song? Do you want, like, Rocky to get yourself, like, all geared up know. for it, it or something? on how backed up you are, I guess. The pipes are clogged. I just want to know. I'm going to be talking a lot about toilets today. Mm. 35% of American males use the toilet as a private games arcade. <laughs> they just go there and get away from their wives, do Playing they? Playing Pong. Is that... Oh, <laughs> I <guess>. That's stupid. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Hey, that was funny. I just kind of got it. I know. 25% of American males got top scores while gaming in the loo. There you go. Yep, because they're not interrupted. One no, no in one to share it with. What? No one to watch them and no. share it with. One in ten of romantic American men confess to using dating apps whilst on the throne. <laughs> I wonder how many Tinder profiles are actually taken from the throne. I just wonder. a white background on your, or your cream background on your wall. Yeah, right. Hey, that's I'm actually, not going to go and look. You know what? Don't need to. It'll make a, wow. Oh, Tinder, or you're not going to go and have a look at your <laughs> I don't profile need to picture? Either. One in three women own up to sending a Snapchat from the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might have done that once or twice. And uh, one in ten men confess to speaking to their boss working from the loo <laughs> as well. That's actually a little bit gross, I'm isn't very it? Sick. I can't come to work today. Uh, just so you know, as well, one in five women have taken their phone for a toilet swim before, dropped it in there. Toilet swim. A toilet swim, mm. yeah. And uh, just on that hygienic thing we talked about a little earlier, cell phones are ten times dirtier than toilet seats. I had read that somewhere before. <laughs> Only one in seven Americans, and that would probably be the same as us as well, clean their phones. When was the last time you actually used an antibacterial wipe or something and cleaned your phone? Uh, next subject. Yep, me too. Do you do that? And it's easier to just we just sort of wipe them down, but don't Never. wipe them down properly. I'm actually going to do it today. I hadn't even thought it right about now. it. Just give me a moment. <laughs> okay, take your time. I might steer away from the toilet on this next okay. uh, item that I've come across. Sure. In the weird and wacky. The source, Indian Daz. Starting next year, you'll actually be able to start drinking out of a paper bottle thanks to Johnny Walker. A paper bottle. All hail Johnny Walker. <laughs> Spirits company Diageo, now they make uh, Captain Morgan and Smirnoff. Mm. Enjoyed a Smirnoff last night. Yes. Thank you, Diageo. Now they've teamed up with venture management company Pilot Light to launch Pulpex. Now it's a sustainable packaging company. Okay. 
One of Polbex's first missions was to offer Johnny Walker scotch whiskey in a paper bottle that doesn't use plastics. This is the future. We're all about breaking news. The newly formed firm will also create similar packaging in other categories, including the PepsiCo and Unilever. Now, Unilever make Lipton iced tea. Oh, yum. All over that. I love that. Diageo says it's the first company to come up with a paper bottle for spirits that can be recycled. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Very much so. Now, glass is not really a major problem. Plastic is the issue, isn't mm-hmm. it, really? So the glass, yep. we can do stuff with plastic. Yep. i tell you what, I just want to go to bed one night and think of a miracle cure for our issues with plastic. That would be handy. Set for life. Is that what you think about when you go to bed? Absolutely. I'm really concerned about you. Not toilet use right. with your phones, that's for sure. <laughs> Diageo tweeted. Did you tweet? Or you tweet? You, you tweet. tweet. You tweet. Right. You tweet. Today we <laughs> announced we've created the world's first ever 100% plastic-free paper-based spirits bottle made entirely from sustainable sourced wood. Ooh. The bottle will launch with at Johnny Walker underscore whis- whiskey in early 2021, hashtag paper bottle. Now the bottle uses a spray coating to form a barrier so the liquid doesn't seep out. The new Johnny Walker bottle will be part of a limited edition trial run starting early next year. Mm. How good is that? Now... Again, I'm not really sure why because Johnny Walker comes in glass. Yeah. But maybe it's about they can do things a little bit better for the, for the, um, uh, for the world. Maybe. And they can also do things a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Once they set this thing up, maybe glass is really expensive to do and to bottle stuff possibly. up. Possibly. Very possibly. I think we start to need to start thinking about sustainability. Mm. Now, on our radio show, which we do on mm-hmm. Fridays, we chatted to a lady who's in the top – 100 or the, or the remaining 100 people to be on the Mars One mm-hmm. heading off in 2031. Mm-hmm. Um, she's one of the final candidates. Out of 230,000, she's down. Diane McGrath is her name. Yep. And she's very much around sustainability. She'd be all over this. She would love this. She'd be happy to set up a Johnny Walker Scotch whiskey plant in Mars, I'd say, in 2031 <laughs> using the plastic bottles. Maybe, if that was her drop of choice. Oh, I feel like one now. Do you? It's a bit early. I was just going to say, it's breakfast time. If you're into uh, vampire slaying, I've got a story coming up for you very shortly. Have you really? All right, I'm going to talk about farts just because that's fun. Because you just look at the grin on your face like you're 12. <laughs> Cindy and Daz, the sauce. All things weird and wacky thanks to Byron Bay. Peanut butter. be back in a couple of minutes. Emergency, police, fire, ambulance. <laughs> yes, police, fire or ambulance. It's my friend. Okay, look, I need you to stay on the phone. Just stay on the phone. Okay, now hang on. Oh. Triple Zero's sole job is to connect you to emergency services. So please, stay on the line and you'll get help faster. The Source, with Cindy and Daz, all the weird and wacky stuff you might have missed this week. I would like to start with a disclaimer that um, it's not going to end well. When you're under the age of about maybe I'll just guess eight, mm-hmm. you think farts are funny. I don't think it's just under eight. I didn't think so. <laughs> I was uh, see. I must be one of those boring mums. Like you, when you have a, a kid, they that that I reckon it's that four or five year old age, mm-hmm. especially with little boys. Mm-hmm. Everything about poo and bums is the funniest thing that's ever happened to them. It's still funny. <laughs> Here it goes. Right. Well, I'll start by saying for any 10-year-old, there you go, learning right. about the sorry saga that is climate change for the first time, farts provide one of the new fun rays of non-dangerous sunshine. Okay, I love that. Great opening. 
farts. <laughs> It's impossible. Even if your story doesn't mention it, you're going to keep dropping it in there, aren't you? I just can't believe I'm talking about this. This is a new low for me. It's impossible not to smile when you learn that one of the most shocking emitters of greenhouse gases is cow's bottoms. Cow's bums. We can say whatever we want to on podcasts. Are we doing this? Your story. I was talking about Johnny Walker. Mm, but even if the idea of having life on Earth ended by breaking wind is and uh, always will be hilarious, the sad reality is that we really have to do something to address the situation. <laughs> do we? <laughs> don't know. Do we really? I'm just reading the story. Fortunately, though, for all future generations, one of the world's biggest fast food businesses seems to agree. Okay. They don't like farts either. Interesting. In a bid mm. to cut down its carbon footprint, American, of course it is, American mega franchise Burger King. Get on your Burger King. So at, that's our Hungry Jacks. Same, same, different name. See what I did there? Uh, they've made a drastic change to the diet of its cattle, feeding them an additional 100 grams of lemongrass to cut out the farting. I don't understand why. Neither do I. The cows have got to do it. Like if you're out there, let it go. The cows got phones. <laughs> I'm just wondering, there's a link here. What are they tweeting? You keep They're saying, it. I've just dropped one. I've just dropped one. It's like <laughs> their, that's like their cow toilet gutter humour chat. As of today, the brand new low emission burgers are set to debut at restaurants in Austin, uh, Los Angeles, Miami, New York and Portland. Okay, I'm steering clear of those places. I don't think I want those I want burgers. Fart I want filled the fart-filled cows. ones too. Yeah. According to details provided by the press, the, uh, the brand believes that the dietary change could ultimately reduce the cow's daily gas emissions up to 33%, minimalising both burping and farting. Oh, for the, for the people that are eating the burgers? I believe so. Just don't see how that's possible. Come no, on, no, Burger no, King. No, that's the cows. The cows' daily even, gas the emissions. the cows really mind? I, who cares? Why would they even care? Maybe Daisy is speaking to Donald. Donald was a duck, wasn't he? Well, was they're both cow. ducks. <laughs> but there we go. No, Daisy that. was a cow. Daisy duck as well. That's Donald's girlfriend. Is it? Yeah. Well, maybe they're just called Peter and Sue. I'm not sure. To celebrate the launch of the campaign, Burger King produced a tongue-in-cheek featuring a child singing a full cowboy in a full cowboy suit, warning of the dangers of failing to take the threats of farts too seriously. Mm. Look at a kid sitting around with his cowboy hat and... Yes, I'm dancing now. I've, I've, yeah, I saw that. Mm. I've seen the video, actually. Have you? It's on the story. Have you? Very funny. Is it? Mm-hmm. As the brand stated in an accompanying caption, cow farts and burps are no laughing matter. They release gas contributing to climate change by en- <laughs> before encouraging their audience to breathe the farts of change. Wow. I, wow. I just don't see. Now, the ozone layer is going to be blamed on cow farts now. Poor cows, they cop a decent whack, don't they're they? Just then we get sick of them, they just get chopped up into burgers. Now they're just like eating oh, lemongrass and stuff. Let them do their thing. Uh, Burger King claims that 33% of emission reductions are credible remains to be seen, or whether they're credible remains to be seen. Uh, whatever the outcome, it's encouraging to see a major player in the industry taking a real threat Seriously or semi-seriously? Well, I think semi-seriously. Well, they start us stop us farting now because well, if there's if it's contributing to you can't hold gases, a fart in. Let's be real, die if you do that. Yeah, um, and okay. Then and all the humour's gone. Well, I'm so done funny. with toilets and farts and poo now. I hope you've got something else that's not toilet fart <laughs> based for your next story. <laughs> so do I. I have. Okay. I have. Well, I've got something that's not nothing to do with it. Okay. Genuine 19th century vampire slaying kit is set to go up for auction after being found by chance in an English attic. I'm so happy about this. Attic. 
at, not an addict. Attic. Yes. Now, uh, my first question would be, who is storing one of these from mm. 1800 and something? It's actually a very good question. Unless they know something. Maybe right. there are vampires out there. Okay. So they wanted to make sure they've had their slaying kit. Right. The lot is due to be sold in an online auction by Hanson this week as part of its five-day antiques and collector's auction. Okay. The velvet-lined box, described as a vampire slaying kit, containing a 19th-century copy of the New Testament, a pocket-sized pistol, and Ooh. crucifixes Ooh. is going up for auction. Ooh. This is one to grab, I reckon. Okay. You know that I'm uh, all over the stories and I go and buy stuff. Mm, and I, say, I know. I just want to touch oh, on uh, Snoop Dogg's here we go. From Crook to Cook. We're going to talk about this every week until But I was rise. told mm. it was going to be two weeks delivery. Now I'm getting told it's October and I'm not very happy, Snoop. If you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> mate, get one of your own books, sign it and send it over to me or Hello. deliver it yourself in your jet because I'm not happy about it. Yeah, right. The borders are closed, just saying. It was August and now it's October. Yeah, that's It'll be a next lot, year. That's a long time. I was going to cancel it, but I really wanted the book. <laughs> the unusual gothic-looking <laughs> item also comes with other contents, including pliers, a rosary, <gasps> and a bottle of shark's teeth. Why? And has been given an estimated price of between two and £3,000 by values, which is about $5,000. Yeah. Our money. I don't know what shark's teeth have to do with Either it. Neither do I. I never heard that before, I shark's teeth and vampires. All those other things you've seen in movies before. But you don't normally see anyone. No, you don't see people with a pistol either trying to slay vampires. Oh, yes, you do. Do you? Oh, no, you don't. I was going to say I must have. Normally, he's got a silver bullet, and that gets rid of the werewolves. Maybe it's just getting rid of his buddies as well. What about the clothes of garlic? They're not for vampires, are they? They're vampires. Well, why is there no garlic maybe, in there? Maybe there was, and it's just this is back in eighteen hundred and something. It's probably all, right. all just dissolved. Just add your own garlic then. Maybe you should do that. You're Bound welcome. in metal. The lockbox has a carved ivory wolf in robes carrying rosary beads, a cobalt blue glass file and a lid, and contents of which are unknown. The contents of which are unknown in that little uh, bottle. Mm. And a pocket knife with mother of pearl handle and silver blade. It's pretty Ooh, classy that stuff. that is nice. I mean, as vampire slaying kits go, mm, it's, no, that's it's classy. Top of the range. It's nice. Unusual. Very different. <laughs> <laughs> it's, its provenance is a mystery. However... One clue is an 1842 copy of the New Testament, which fits within a slotted section of the box, bearing contemporary owner encryptions for an Isabella Swarbrick. What's that? Isabella Swarbrick. That's the lady. Oh. Obviously had it. Apologies. The lot has already sparked great interest on social media, according to Derbyshire-based auctioneers Hanson's. Charles Hanson, owner of Hanson Auctioneers, said people are fascinated by stories of vampires, hence their continued appearance in films and on TV today. Mm. I tell you what, there is mm. nothing like a good vampire movie. Okay. Or a good Dracula movie. Yeah. But there are far and few between, or few and far between, if you don't mind. Uh, I came in the last time I saw a really good vampire. So we, we, we went zombies there for a yeah. long period of time, but they're all vampires. Let me know next time you're going to watch one and I'll schedule my nap. I was going to say, you had no <laughs> intentions of looking at that at all. But I wouldn't mind seeing what that actually goes for. It's saying between two and 3,000 pounds. Mm. That would be a keepsake. I think you want a discount. There's no garlic in there. You just stick the garlic in yourself and say it was there. Yeah, but just ask for the refund first. The bottle of shark's teeth in itself would be worth a fair bit, I'd imagine. That's weird. What's the pliers for? I don't know. What do you need the pliers for? I don't know. They pull their teeth out. In some movies, they pull their, you know, the front fangy teeth they've got that they just suck your blood. Maybe they're going to pull the rosary beads apart and throw it at them. Well, that'd be an idea. I, I reckon they're out there, you know. Do you? Yeah, mm. maybe not. 
Hey, uh, I'm going to talk about bread coming up very shortly. Oh, I love bread. Uh, I'm going to talk about some something other than poo and toilets. Well, that'll be a refreshing talk, change. Talk about baby names coming up very soon. <laughs> the sauce with Indian Dad, thanks to Byron Bay Peanut Butter. With an increase in coronavirus cases, certain postcodes now have further restrictions. There are only four reasons you can visit those postcodes or leave home if you live in one of those postcodes. Shopping for food and supplies that you need. Care and caregiving. Exercise. Work and study if you can't do it from home. If you're sick, get tested and stay home. We all have a part to play, and it's up to all of us to make this work. For details, go to vic.gov.au forward slash coronavirus. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. This is The Source with Cindy and Daz. Question. Mm-hmm. Did you... You've got three children. Mm-hmm. How much... That I know of, yep. <laughs> That are assigned to me. Yep. No longer assigned to me, but how I guess they still are. How old will they be? If you, and how many do you think you've got that you don't know? I don't know. And they'd be all born around the mid 80s, I'm, I'm assuming. Interesting. Now Just you saying, you asked me. I had no uh, no input in any of those unknown children's names. I had input, but I did not in the names. Oh my God, stop it. What <laughs> you about, asked the question. What about your three boys? How much input did you get in there? Zero. Name? Really? Mm-hmm. You were just told. I was just told. And I said, you know what? Whatever. Yeah, my son's name was not negotiable either. I'd made that uh, decision myself. Every it's parent. A chicks thing. It is, isn't it? Every parent knows how tough it is to decide on a name to give your beloved newborn baby. Mm. They do poo too. <laughs> I must say, I did put my foot down on one name, mm. and I won't mention it because it's not probably appropriate to, but it was the uh, it was my ex's father's name oh, who had oh. passed away, but yeah. it's a very old name. Okay. A very old name. And I thought, you know, I just don't want our kids to have one of those very old Person okay. names. So that tells me that you did have input because I'm saying no, but no, no input to the names they actually got in the end. Yeah, because no. if well, that's really interesting. I think that that means that you did have input because if you had hated the names that she had chosen, you would have done what you did and Maybe. told her that that name's no Stop good. Stop being so smart. Just read your story. Well, some mums and dads have decided on the name months before the birth. Others prefer to make the choice once the baby's welcomed into the world. But according to a new survey conducted by Giga Calculator, 73% of the 5,842 Brits they spoke to have thought of better names for their kids after Ooh. naming them. Ooh, a bit late. It is a bit late, isn't it? Mm. Uh, the biggest reason for regretting their choice was because they felt that the child didn't suit the name as they got older, which unfortunately is someone uh, something that no one can predict during those times anyway. But, but how do they determine that a child no, lo- no longer looks like Fred? Like, yeah. you don't look like a Fred anymore. You are so much a Gerard. Yeah. I mean, how, like, how would yeah. you know that? Well, it's a matter of opinion, I think, because I think yeah. Gerard looks like Russell, but that's just my... Who's Russell? I don't know. Not Gerard. Oh, as in they just say just look that way. Yeah. Not a Thomas. Mm, no, anyway. definitely not. Interesting. But Greg, according to the survey, a third of parents also admitted that they didn't give enough thought to their child's names. You've got a mm. long time to work this stuff out. Yes, you have at least nine months. At least. Other reasons that parents regret their baby name include, here you go, 48% my partner picked it. That's you. Right, okay. 48% yeah. of yeah. people said I didn't have a choice, my partner That's picked me. the name. Yep. 37% say a friend picked the name for their child, so I used it too. Oh, I really like Jessica, so, so I'm we're going to call our son Jessica. Yeah, and then when we go to the park, we can call our sons Jessicas and they can come running when we call them. That's lovely. Isn't that weird? It's a new world we live in. 
32% said uh, they got teased for it at school or they get teased for it at school so they oh. won't choose that name. Wow, that's leaving it real late. They're already at school. So what they're saying or is that the parent teased. thinks oh, that right. that name, um, Hercules, would be like, don't that's, call your kid Hercules. An awesome name. Isn't it? Our next child. <laughs> wow. Hercules. Just saying, I don't know how that's going to work, but Hercules would probably get teased at school, so I'd be in the 32% that says we're not going to name our unborn daughter Hercules. We're going with Samson (laughs) for her. 26% say that they chose the name because a celebrity called their child it Gwyneth Paltrow Apple comes to mind. I'm going to call my kid Apple. What a stupid name. What a moron. The survey also asked participants what names they would never call their children. And here are the top answers for boys. That they that we're not calling them? That we're not. We're ruling these ones out. They would never call right. their children Boris. Said bum, seventy. Bum, bum. Now this is British, so keep in mind yeah. that seventy six percent do not want to call their kid Boris. Well, it seems That's to be a little mean. bit of a coincidence, doesn't maybe. It? Doesn't it? Poor Prime Minister. Mm -hmm. What about Donald? They don't want to call their kid Donald. Now you're on a trend. 62% of people don't want, for similar reasons, clearly Mm -hmm. don't want to call their kid Donald. Uh, And 43% have said that Manson is no good either. Manson. (laughs) Wow, I can't remember I've ever met anybody that was named Manson. No, either do I. Uh, for girls, the top the top answer at eighty three percent was Karen. Of course, because <laughs> she's going to grow into be a bloody ugly, <laughs> stupid, grumpy bitch. Straight to the manager. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, and uh, followed at seventy three percent, they don't want to call their daughter Isis. Isis is probably a good <laughs> idea. Yes, and a really interesting. This is a UK mm. poll. Remember, sixty one percent do not want to call them Megan. Hmm. I wonder why. That's a bit interesting is though, isn't it? I thought she was still popular. Maybe she's not popular with the Brits. Maybe that's why they buggered off to the US. Maybe they don't like her. They liked Harry a lot, but then they think, now we've got this American chick in here. We don't like her, really. I just find it really interesting. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah. If you're a royalist, just, mm? like you'd be pretty anti her for stealing him away from that royal tradition. What classes you would as a royalist, though? And if you just love the Queen. See, you I, love all their tradition, you yeah. love what they do, you agree with all this, the hobnobbery, you just, you just be... <laughs> hobnobbery. I just made that up. But it's I know, but it's right. great. It's but I, just, I think that people need to get up with the times and realise that we need to modernise mm. what's going on in the royal family. One last point I want to make before we move on is that, just my opinion, you've got nine months to name your baby. Yep. How's these people, when, when the baby's born, they take up to a month to name them. So that kid's like nameless for a month as I just, well. I just don't understand. No. This right. is, it wouldn't have happened back in our day. Oh, no, it would back not. Back in the black and white days, that, the good old days. Oh, speak for yourself. Throw you in the back of the horse and cart and get you off to the local doctor. <laughs> Those days. Walk all the way with no shoes on. Oh, that was your You just get your dad used to say things like, when I was your age, I had to walk to school with yeah. no shoes on. My parents never said that to me. I used to walk down. It used to take me an hour to walk down to the main street of the of the town and get a big block of ice, which was a massive size, just so I could get it home and put one cube in my dad's drink. <laughs> that sort of stuff. Like, really? It's amazing how that even happened. Oh, that's funny. They're crazy. Mm. Now, as responsible consumers, we don't want to waste something that could potentially have a practical use. Mm. We try to always find the good in things. And what else can we use that for? I don't Mm -hmm. like throwing things away if I think that I can get some use out of it, doing something. However, 
there is a world of difference between recycling a milk carton and trying to turn literal human excrement into food. Oh, no, stop. Okay, don't stop. Continue. (laughs) Nonetheless, in France, one imaginative baker is on a mission to make that alarming idea into a reality. Okay, I'm listening. You'll like this. I'm listening. It may well mean you see bread in a completely different way. According to a report by RT, eco-feminist foodie innovator Louise Raguette. Eco-feminist. I just what does that mean? Who's what's an eco-feminist? I just want to know if they call their bread instead of a baguette a raguette. Raguette ain't a baguette. Yeah, she said about transforming the way the nation bakes by using bread made from wheat fertilized by human wee. No, going to sit that there for a second. Let your face continue to change. No, no. Wow, there you go. There's three, <laughs> or four. <laughs> Four different variations in, in 15 seconds. Can you just... <laughs> Five. <laughs> so I'm just Keep going. I want to know what this is about. Uh, dubbed Goldilocks bread. Now, if you happen to go down to Baker's Delight and you see Goldilocks oh. bread on the shelf, you know, they'd be probably sitting beside the finger buns that you oh. decorated like four years ago that Can never you- got touched. Stop it. They sold out in seconds. By yeah, the way, right, I feel a little bit sick, but go on. given away to charity. Yours <laughs> dubbed Goldilocks bread. Just like going to sit that little bit. <laughs> There for a while. The loaves have been touted as a cost-efficient, sustainable way to change the farming industry forever. No. If you get a buzz from thrifty, ecologically sensitive dining, you're in urine luck. You're in luck. (laughs) That was written. I just don't know how to pronounce it. When you read it, it's funny. When you're trying to read it out, it's not that funny. Urine. 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 Urine luck. To harvest her golden growth agent... Raguette has collected pee from public urinals in Paris's 14th no. arrondissement district. No. She then sprays the urine, which is diluted up to 20 times, on her wheat seedlings before using the – I can see you looking at me over there – before using the fully matured plants to produce flour and ultimately bread. What? Goldilocks bread. Despite her slightly alarming assertions, there is actually a body of evidence to support Raguette's claims. According to a scientific report published in a French journal, this is, this is straight from the journal. This is sickening. The separate collection of urine is to recycle it into fertilizer is likely to meet these challenges, provided evolution of the food and sanitation systems without neglecting societal acceptability. So there's a chance it could work. No. Now, I'm not going to dispute a French journal because the French are very smart, wee oui, wee. Oui. That's why they say that. <laughs> now. Eating something that originated in a public toilet might not sound like your idea of a good time. No. But with a growing global emphasis on sustainability, this may well be a sign of things to come. Well done to uh, eco-feminist foodie innovator Louise Raggett. You get the gong of the week for your Goldilocks bread. Or maybe moron of the week or doofus of the week. Like pee off, lady, and just take (laughs) your... Pee off, that was very good. Oh, we really took it to the lower level today, didn't I we? Know, for right? Ten of the sauce, like bum and poo and toilet and wee and like that's not cool. And I know those conversations come up when we talk about um, Byron Bay peanut butter. Check them alike. They're our very good partners here at the source. Jump on their socials. Go to byronbaypeanutbutter.com.au and check out what they're doing. Yes, please. Yum yum. No. Uh, <laughs> No gold locks, peanut butter there. <laughs> hey, it's been fun again. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> we may be back to do it all again. Oh, Check yeah. us out at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. <laughs> Let Cindy <laughs> compose herself. We'll be back next week. Bye. See ya. <laughs>
Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of The Source with Cindy and Daz. Thanks to Byron Bay Peanut Butter. For more episodes, head to extrabutter.com.au.